0: We're gonna get get started here. Um, If you wanna take your seats, man, we'll get started. We'll we'll kind of resume from uh, where we uh, left off uh, yesterday. And uh, I'm gonna actually start uh, answering like two questions that people uh, ask often regarding uh, the the International Student Ministry. And then we're gonna have uh, testimonies uh, from Connor. And then there's a video testimony from Brian from Malaysia. And then uh, Simon uh, is also gonna uh, give a testimony, uh, testimony as well. That way you can kind of hear firsthand from the internationals kind of, you know, their their story of how uh, they come to Christ and how you can more effectively reach internationals. Corners uh, would be a bit different. I thought she was Russian, but she turns out to be an American, but she has a different story because she actually helped start uh, a new work in, uh, uh, KU, uh, which is a, a college uh, uh, campus here, close to uh, our church. Okay, so <clears throat> let's uh, let's go to the next slide here. Actually, before that, let's let's pray. Sorry, I was late. Uh, Pastor Sam called the meeting for all the pastors. I was in there, and uh, so came here a bit late. But let's let's pray first. Ask God to uh, bless our time, Father. Uh, Lord, thank you again for this morning. Uh, Lord, again. Uh, I just feel like um, we're so rich. That morning session again was, was just enough, uh, enough bread for us to take away today. But yet, yeah, God, you are so generous to us. And God, I just ask that you would continue uh, to feed us, to nourish us, to inspire us, uh, to motivate us, uh, Lord, that you are worth it uh, to give it all. And uh, so Lord, help us to focus, help us to absorb what you have for us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So I get this question, Lord, how do you get started, right? How do you get started? Because everyone kind of wants to know uh, the the function or the, the tactical aspect. So I'm going to answer that question uh, kind of briefly based on our experience. And so if you're starting an international ministry at where you're at, it may look a bit different. So just kind of pick and choose uh, you know, what works for you. But this is kind of what what worked for us. And so I'm gonna share that uh, with, with us. Some of them are, are more universal. So number one, uh, I would say it's not here. So you, you gotta take notes. Uh, you gotta start uh, researching the colleges that are close to you. Okay, so that's kind of Captain Obvious, right? I mean, you gotta have a, a college or university that's close to you in order to, to reach them. So you wanna find out and uh, where those are. And, and, and then uh, you can go to US News. Uh, it's, a, it's a website uh, uh, and you can Google that, that school and, and US News actually tells you how many students are in that school. And then I, I, I don't know whether US News provides this uh, now, but previously uh, there are other sites that actually provides for you the data for that specific school, how many internationals are in that school isn't that valuable so you kind of know. What you're dealing with uh, in terms of international students, so that's that's one. The other thing that we have done in the past, uh, we also wanted to uh, reach out to the immigrants, to the refugees. And I don't know whether you know, but the last couple of years, uh, there had been a, a huge inflow of refugees. And I don't, you know, don't know what your your thoughts on that. But for, you know, for, for for me, I'm like, okay, you know, more opportunities uh, for for us to do. You know, who's going to reach them? right? Is the world going to reach them or are we Christians going to reach them? And so uh, there is things like the World Refugee Day, uh, World Refugee Day. And so if you Google World Refugee Day in your city, you're going to find out. So in Kansas City, we have that every year. And uh, we have done that before. And I attended one of these things. And uh, you go there and then you see all the players of people that are, you know, working with refugees. And you can actually just like jump in where, where, where things are already going. And we did that, we met a family uh, and we ministered to them. Uh, you know, that hasn't been, our, 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 you know, like majority of our focus, our, our focus have been primarily, primarily international students, uh, but that could be an alternative for you. If you do not have, right, a college campuses that's close by to you, uh, may, maybe there's a ton of refugees. Tons of immigrants uh, in your uh, neck of the wood does that make sense so uh, u.s news world refugee day when you google that you're gonna find out wow there's actually a lot of hispanic people that's close to me wow there's a lot of these you know different groups that have uh, come to my uh, town or city and so forth okay so uh, the second thing that is uh, another you know uh, obvious thing is with the people that you already know in your church or even the network uh, of friends, are they people that are attending that school? Right. Does that make sense? So if like, if that person's already attending KU, you know, so, so Connor attended KU. So it makes sense. Connor is already a leader. And so it makes sense for her to start a ministry there. Right. So is there someone uh, in your church, in your family network, in your friends network that is, um, going to a, you know, to a school nearby, that would be your point person to help you navigate, um, you know, how, how, how that function and do some research, do, do some homework of how that school operates with international uh, students and, and etc. So, so because the goal, uh, the goal for me at least, I want to start a club in that university or college, okay, that is very important for several reasons, number one, you get legitimacy. Right, so when you come to campus like who are you, you know, and what, what, what are you doing. Well, we have a club, you know, and, and these are the students that attend the club and I'm just a, an advisor a consultant or whatever you want to call yourself. I just call myself director, you know, and uh, although I'm an alumni at UMKC, but I'm not I didn't attend all the schools that we minister to, uh, but that gives us leg- uh, legitimacy, it also gives us access to their communication channels. Right. So that that is important because they have different things. Right. They have the the mass email that they can send on your behalf. They got, uh, you know, in UMKC rule groups that that that, you know, again, uh, a great platform to get the info out. So those are important. Um, and then uh, really good thing, room reservation at school. You know, uh, this is this is this is key you know because man you want some privacy sometimes maybe you don't but if you want it it's available for you and that's that's critical and then uh and then by the way uh there is a budget as well how cool is that okay uh that the king is actually paying your way uh to go right and so we, we just saw that in Nehemiah man the king would pay so the school would pay for us to do ministry hallelujah praise the lord you know so man the goal for me man i want to start a club in that school and we did that uh, i'll tell you the story about that uh, for us later on okay and then the, th- the third thing is find out what uh, what is going on with the school right is there uh, an existing other ministry other players within that uh, uh, you know that school that's already doing some work and then just find out what what's possible what's not possible get some advice from them maybe uh, you know, find out who the leader and have uh, coffee with them. Um, and then find out what the student orientation looks like. You know, su- student orientation, you guys familiar with that? New students come and they have an orientation and that's uh, general, almost universal in all college and university. There's some form of onboarding uh, that every school does. Some are very small, some are more, uh, you know, bigger. And so you find out what that looks like and see if you can participate in that, and generally, is open. Uh, at UMKC, it was, it was also open to the public. And then, and then, and then another thing is get in touch uh, with the International Students Affairs Office, okay? ISAO, International Students Affairs uh, Office. We've got Julie Meyer here, who actually works for International Students Affairs Office, who have been key uh, to, to our ministry. Uh, so thankful for Julie. Uh, not only she works for ISAO, but she has a heart. Uh, for international students. So, uh, I, man, I, I cannot thank you enough, Julie, uh, for what you, you, you've done and, and continue to do uh, for the kingdom. Uh, but fi- get in touch. They may be uh, Christians in ISA, in the ISAO of the school that you are actually checking out. So find out, uh, grab coffee with them, and just really you want to find out uh, what the needs are. So you don't want to come in like, hey, you know, I'm the savior or, you know, like I, I'm here to, you know, you're just trying to, man, how, how are things going? You know, I, we, we are, a, a, you know, we're a ministry called uh, Friends of International and we want to help with internationals, you know, and then you're like, how, how do you guys operate? How, is there a way we could help and, and whatnot? And you want to get, uh, you know, on their good side and see if there's a way to help. And then maybe they say, oh, yeah, we got we got a need here. So with the Ohio FOI chapter, they did just that, and, and it happens that the ISAO said, hey, we, we need help with housing Japanese students. And boom, they're in. And they got started, and then they had 20, 30 Japanese students, and they, their, their whole church gets to host them. And, and then that relationship kept going because of the university. I, if I don't have to do that, and I can pass it over to someone, Wow, why not? You know, same thing with things like airport pickup and whatnot, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a bit here. Our opportunities for us to help the university, uh, the university are also on budget constraints. So if, if there's a way we can say, man, this, this could be a win-win situation for everyone, they would wanna do that. Um, and then finally, okay, uh, you, technically you can also kind of wander around the university for the most part, right? If you're not too uh, weird, right? Uh, uh, you can kind of wander around and meet people. And, and, and we actually met uh, at the cafeteria for almost two years before we got like kicked out, you know, officially, you know? Uh, but two years, oh my goodness, I already built, built the team by that, by that time, right? And then, and then I got enough students by that time to start a club. You know, so there you go. You know, so just be discreet and, 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 you know, uh, be kind and, you know, and pick up after yourself. If you, you know, uh, move table arrangement, put it back, you know, it's cleaner than before. So there's, you know what I'm saying? So if we have a good testimony, there's no reason for people to like, man, but if you leave messes and you create problems, then there's every reason to say why we shouldn't be there. And generally, you know, uh, you know, the people are okay. Uh, I'll, I'll even talk about things that are not okay, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll share that later. Okay, so the next thing, oh, okay, you already put it up, is the cycle of ministry during a semester. Again, this is what we do, what we find out, uh, we found out that works for us, you know, um, hopefully it can work for you as well. So uh, for me, the, the, my focus is I want to be the first point of contact uh, with the student as much as possible and that's where uh, I, I always call the airport pickup to be kind of the, the golden key uh, to international student ministry. If I can get access to uh, airport pickup, oh my goodness, I, I would absolutely want to do that. because again, you get to show them Walmart for the first time. Okay, you're not excited about Walmart, of course. Uh, but man, like, man, I've never seen a Walmart. I've never seen stores like this, or I've never seen things like that you get to help them with uh, opening a bank account. You get to help them uh, get their phone and you, you get to help them move. And you heard the, these testimonies like from phone, like she remembers all these people, right? That helped her, that sacrificed for her. And, and those are the key to having that relationship. You heard from Lee uh, yesterday, those, those relationship matter when the invitation comes to church, right? Because like, man, I, I feel the love, I feel the love, man, I, I want to know more. So when that invitation comes, it doesn't come cold, right? It comes like warm and like, okay, I'll check it out. And then once they check it out, well, they get one more touch from the saints. So, so airport pickup is kind of like the goal. If we can't, you, you, if there's that access, and, and that's another thing that you can ask, man, can we do airport pickup for, for you? I just want to let you know that we have a software that helps coordinate all this. That send automated emails to people uh, uh, to to kind of um, coordinate the volunteers and the people who are requesting for sign up because it can get uh, pretty messy, you know. So we have that software. Tampa actually hook us up with that software. We're so thankful because uh, that helps us uh, coordinate. If you need that at some point, uh, please let us know, and we would just offer that to you. If it's small, spreadsheet emails can do. But once you get more than 10 or, you know, man, you you need something more to coordinate that. So, so that's the, the first point is uh, airport pickup. The second thing that we try to get it into is the student orientation. Student orientation, we work together with the school uh, to do that. Again, it may be different for every school, but uh, for us, it was having a table. And so we were one of the first few ones that uh, set set like, man, banners and, tablecloths and really fancy um, uh, handouts. Um, I mean, done really well because we want to give glory to God. Uh, we got t-shirts uh, for all our volunteers and, and you know, uh, it, it attracts students. You know, there they are many booths and they're like, wow, man, they took effort to put together a very nice booth. I mean, and, and it looks like it's happening, right? There are pictures and all that and so they want to come and speak and again, uh, that is another point of contact. If we miss those airport pickups, then we certainly have another shot at uh, seeing these new international students. And we just want to greet them in Jesus' name, right? You don't actually say that, but you know, for us, we greet them in Jesus' name, and we want to very quickly tell them what's going on. Like, oh hey, we are friends of international. Man, we wanna. Uh, we are an organization to help international students, and then very quickly. I'll try to pivot into our welcome party. Because again, some for us at least, I don't know uh, how it work out for you. Uh, there are 150 students uh, within a very short period of time. And sometimes you don't have the time to talk to each students. You only have like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And so very quickly, I want them to sign up in my um, <clears throat> Excel spreadsheet to put their name and email so I can have a way to get in touch with them. And I don't wanna tell them, about how cool the welcome party is, right? And that, that is the key, like, man, this is gonna be fun, there's gonna be free food, there's gonna be music, uh, it's gonna be a great party and da-da-da-da-da, right? So that they know what, what they're getting themselves into. Many students that come uh, have been warned, uh, like, oh, don't go out with strangers, and don't do this and do that. And so I, part of that process is I'm gonna like, hey, so we're gonna, uh, we got a shuttle, we got cars, this is the location. Uh, and we'll bring you back to the campus as well. So we make it where it's very safe. We, and then we put pictures of previous uh, welcome party that shows that, hey, this is, this is a legit thing. This is not going to a party. And then everyone is drinking and crazy and you know, all of that. Because that's what people see uh, in, in Hollywood, right? You go to a party and like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And they get this stereotype that that is what's happening. No, this is not that kind of party. Uh, I had people come, like people from Europe, especially that like, how come, ca- how come you guys are all having fun, so much fun, but where's the boost? <laughs> right? Like, because for them, like, you got to get the boost to get the party started. I mean, the boost wasn't there, but everyone is having a blast. And so uh, praise the Lord, uh, you know, the, the spirit of God is enough, right? Spirit, spirit. Okay. All right uh okay so then then the welcome party okay now you're getting it now you get woo woo all right all right man isn't it hot in here i think it's just just right here can can you help with with that a bit just lower like yeah okay and uh uh so welcome party so in welcome party we are also very strategic in welcome party uh we uh, you know, we gather everyone, everything is placed strategically and we will we, we, we take a group, big group picture because that is an, another way to tell future students that, man, you missed it. We had tons of fun. And then so next time, I'm like oh man, that's happening. I want to come because students, I mean, they, they like a big party, right? And so we, we take pictures, we organize uh, food and whatnot. And then we do some announcement and in that announcement, again, we want to welcome them uh, again, and tell, tell them our heart for international students and that we love them. A lot of people, I mean, uh, they, they come with I- w- 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 different ideas. And so like, even I had people who, who, who say, hey, I'm, I'm actually a Buddhist. Can I actually come to events like this? Because then they, they found out that we were Christians. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, oh, absolutely. It's meant for you. You know, it's not for Christians or anything like that. Now, we don't promote ourselves as a Christian organization uh, per se, but it's all on the website, right? You know, so I'm not. I don't shake someone. Hey, I'm a Christian. You know, uh, welcome. You know, I don't do that. I, it's weird, right? You will find out. You will find out at some point uh, that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, welcome party. Uh, we we do our announcement, and then we 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 uh, uh, we promote these different things uh, that that we would have in their semester. And that's why I call it the cycle uh, of ministry during a semester. Uh, so so uh, I would like to, cat- uh, I normally like to categorize uh, um, evangelism to uh, net fishing and fly fishing. I think maybe you can understand that concept, right? Just from, from saying that the net fishing is, man, I just want as many people as possible. And then I just want to give different touches, right? And that's great. That's great because you heard from, from the testimonies and maybe even today that, that in order for someone to come to know Christ, it needs many touches, right? It, to know someone well, you can't just expect someone like, okay, I'm not like, that's weird. But you can't meet someone and say, oh, well, yeah, I want to marry you, man, right? <laughs> I mean, some people do that, like, but that's weird, right? Uh, the people don't work like that generally. So you got to make a couple of introductions, couple of rounds to properly introduce Jesus Christ. Again, not every time means that you have to share the complete gospel, but they're different touches. It's, hey, I love you. What's your need? What's your need? You know, and that's a lot of healing that Jesus did before, you know, the gospel. And, and so, so, um, so welcome party is very strategic and we, we mobilize our people Uh, Again, not to be like aggressive in in their approach on on sharing the gospel. I'm like, hey, if the the spirit opened the door, man, please, by all means, don't do that. There's no restriction. Uh, But don't force something, right? Don't force something and make people uncomfortable. We want to welcome them, right? Man, how are you? And the the, the key for us is just to kind of listen to people. Like, oh, man, you're interested? And then once you start having them talk about their culture and what they like and whatnot, right? Man, they like, I mean, oh, yeah, man. Yes, I feel accepted, right? So welcome party, very key. And then we, 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 um, we, we uh, promote this different initiative. Uh, so dinner at my house, okay? So these are uh, again, I, I, I purposely call it things like that so I don't have to explain it, right? So what are we doing? Dinner in my house. <laughs> what are we doing? Dinner in my house. Okay, so it's just basically pairing students. Um, again, I tell them it's not a dating service, right? We're not pairing uh, ladies with guys and whatnot, ladies with ladies, guys with guys, unless there is like two by two, then okay, you can do co-ed. But otherwise, we're very careful because, uh, okay, uh, we're dealing with the loss here and the loss will hunt. Okay, so, so that's why I, I, I'm very careful. Uh, with our volunteers to make sure they don't get to be a victim, right? So, I'm very, uh, you know, so that's another thing that you, as leaders, you have to make sure that you protect your flock as you evangelize. But dinner in my house, very effective, because what that do, it, it provides the channel uh, for fly fishing. Now you get that one-on-one, one-on-two, two-to-two. Uh, you're preparing that meal, and they are, you're asking them to bring something as well. You're sharing a time, and, and that's when the magic happens. Uh, so so Mankit man kid came to my house, uh, dinner at my house with two other people before he got saved, right? And, and again, many of these stories, uh, really good time because we just want to have time uh, with the students. Uh, we used to do uh, friendship partner as well. Man, I still think it's a, a good idea. Um, it used to be called host family, friendship partner, whatever works for you. And the idea is, is kind of making a big deal out of pairing people to help them to acclimate in the country, right? And so whenever I had the friendship partner with some Indian students, man, they love it. And it's like, oh, Andrew is my friendship partner, you know? And it's a big deal. I remember when I, uh, when I came as an international, I was paired with a host family and they were my host mom and dad. And that was neat because, you know, I don't have my mom and dad here. And again, they want that, they miss their family. And this is just another way uh, that you can promote something and then connect people, because just FYI, uh, people, there's a lot of people that would not initiate. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, so uh, you will notice in welcome parties that people will, you know, mingle with who they know, right? If you're Koreans, you know, that's the Korean corner, and you know, if you're Hispanic, that's the Hispanic corner, and the ladies will be here, and. You know, what I'm saying it's very fragmented, right? And so what we want to do is try to get an international interaction going on. And so friendship partner is very effective. And then uh, and then we have conversational uh, English. Uh, more more and more, the, the English aspect uh, is less required because the, the world is catching up in terms of English proficiency. And so we call it cultural exchange as well. And so just another reason to throw a party basically, right? Uh, It's another well-organized thing. We do that on campus and there'll be food, games, uh, and topical things to talk about. And those topical uh, 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 things are very uh, intentional. Uh, So they are bridges to talk about the gospel, basically. They're bridges to talk about issues of life a bit more than normal. So then it makes them think, right? So we'll talk about uh, Christmas. We'll talk about Thanksgiving and different things according to the seasons, uh uh, valentine's day and you know different seasons call for different topics and so uh, your group can get very creative uh, in terms of what you want to do for conversational uh, english okay with that um any questions uh any one or two questions and then maybe we'll, we'll yes Is more uncharted at, at this point uh, because most of, I, I think UMKC is public, KU is pub, public. So we haven't done with private. So I would think that the private, there will be more layers of permission that is required. So the necessity of having a, an in with a student or through ISAO would be more critical. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. With these about food. Yes. Um, one of the things, you know, our FOI ministry is just getting started, with the Thanksgiving dinner, we really ask about uh, dietary restrictions. Mm-hmm. We knew that some could be. Um, oh, food that's food good. Is, yes, food, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So, so generally, uh, we take a, a uh, our, we we got to take a sacrifice approach, you know. So. Uh, you know, there's liberty in Christ, but for welcome party, we don't do pork, you know, just for that reason alone, we just cancel out that, that, that issue. And so whether, uh, and then we also always offer vegetarian. So that's kind of the two principle that we use. And, and then we'll tell people, you know, uh, with the Indians, you know, like, don't bring them to a barbecue joint because many <laughs> vegetarian. So that's, yeah, in, in regards to uh, dietary, yeah, we, we do that for the welcome party yeah okay um i'm if we have time later on we're gonna have more q a as well at the end Uh, but for now um i'll turn it over to uh maybe the the video connor first video and then simon okay however you want to do it as long as three of them are covered all right okay man uh connor Oh, wait, wait, let me uh, get your mic up for this.
1: I don't normally have coffee. I made the mistake of having a cappuccino this morning. So that was a great idea. Um, so, like Andrew was saying earlier, um, I'm at KU Med. It's about 10 minutes from here. It's just down 39th Street. Um, it's a public university, but it's a little similar to a private university. You need a, a badge to get into all the buildings. It's also like a business. So, it's like very restricted as far as where you can go. So, it's like kind of like a weird, weird mixture, but you definitely need someone on the inside there. Um, but basically, the story there, I came to Midtown through FOI in 2014. Once again, Andrew thought I was Russian. I'm not Russian, um, but that's okay because God used it. Praise the Lord. Um, So I actually came to Midtown through FOI. So if you're worried about, like, okay, well, what about all the nations? What about Americans? Well, you can reach them as well through FOI, definitely. Um, So I came to Midtown through FOI. I was discipled through FOI, through Jeanette Bachage, who is actually my small group leader. Um, I was reaching out to uh, UMKC as a small group leader there, along with Brianna Fitzpatrick. And then I applied for medical school at KU Med, was accepted, um, and went to Andrew and said, hey, can we, can we start an outreach there? Um, is it possible? I'm gonna be there. That's where I'm gonna spend a lot of time. You don't have a lot of free time as a medical student, so how can I maximize ministry here? Well, let's have a, let's have a Bible study on campus. Um, and so we started the outreach there, um, and kind of just ditto to everything that Andrew's already said. Um, things that I found really important were making relationships with the international students office. Um, we actually sat down with them and had a meeting, and they upfront were like, "Well, you guys are Christians. Are you going to force people to believe things against their will?" And we're like, "No, <laughs> that's not very Christ-like." <laughs> that that. Yeah, but there are others that do that. That's that's so true. Um, and so we actually gained their favor, and it was it was just God giving us favor. Um, and they would email me and say, "Hey, we have these students. Hey, we have these needs. Hey, can you present? Hey, can you meet these people?" Um, and basically, all the outreach that we've done. You know, we are a very small team, um, and all the outreach that we've done, all the events, whether it's campus tours or sitting down with people and saying, hey, here's how you don't fail medical school. Let's talk about it. Like, don't buy this book. It's too expensive. You don't need that. You're not going to read it. Um, Anything that we do, it's just that we can have an opportunity to talk to someone a second time. Um, And so I I just think about, I can't remember who said, oh yeah, Jeff. He said form, oh no. Yeah, form follows function. And so as we just look for opportunities to meet people a second time, a third time, a fourth time, that's kind of what developed our outreaches, um, just whatever worked in the moment. Um, but I'd say the most important thing is prayer. So we actually have a weekly prayer meeting. Um, and for the longest time we met on campus. And I remember the very first meeting, I was so excited. I was like, yes, everyone's going to be just on fire and everyone's going to come and we're going to pray and we're going to lift up this campus. And I, I go there and two other people come. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, well, let's pray. Let's see what happens. And, um, what God has shown me through the ministry at KU through my own unmet expectations, um, my own feelings of, oh, I don't have enough. I don't have enough, um, resources or people. And I'm a medical student. I don't have time to, to do all of these things, but somehow I'm supposed to be leading this. What do I do? Well, what God really showed me is the importance of prayer. Um, if Even if I don't have enough people in my mind, I have prayer, and, and it doesn't matter how many people you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what resources you have. Just prayer matters, um, and so that's a big emphasis of our, of our outreach is prayer. So we have weekly prayer meetings. We also have a WhatsApp group where we post prayer requests. And we've invited the whole church, hey, would you like to be part of this WhatsApp group so you can pray for these prayer requests? So even if people aren't ministering to KU Med, uh, physically there, they're praying, you know? Um, And so I think that's the most important thing is just prayer. Um, So if you're starting something, spend a lot of time on your knees and, and that's what has really been useful to us at KU Med.
2: Hey, so uh, my name is Swimming. Um, can, you can you hear me? Sorry, I was not doing well. Um, is it okay? Um, um, my brother and my sister, in you law know, just shared their testimony and also Ni and Connor. So I'm here just like summarize about the point that they, they uh, talk about along with my testimony. Um, the first one is be loving because love is a very powerful thing. So oftentimes we tend to do ministry without, we forgot about why we are doing that because without loving the international student, everything that we do, is just like a form of labor, a form of ministry, but not having the love of Christ and not, not not knowing having the compassion of Jesus Christ. And then our labor is in vain because we can fake it to so little time. And then sooner the international student will find out your love is just fake because when they reject you, reject your gospel, you cut them off, and then they will feel like, what the heck, you know? So always remember of loving international students regardless of where they are. And then, and also my testimony, to have a compassion to the international is very, very important because not many countries, they heard the gospel. When I came here, before I came, I didn't know the gospel. And my mom just passed away and i was in a very very depression situation and i didn't know anybody i have no hope now when i look back of this year i wish if someone can reach out to my family and share the gospel to my mom maybe my family won't be so depressed you know the story may be a big turn but to remember in america we have been given so much we have given all the gospel, Christmas and all the things, but in the other countries, they don't have what we have. And they don't have opportunity to know who Jesus Christ is. To always remember of this and to remember why you are doing this. And then the second one is to be gracious, to always remember the culture is so different. Sometimes when they say something, like when I first came to America, I say a lot about weight and fat and then I spent so many people um, but always, I remember they come from different cultures. There's something that will be different, something that they don't eat, something they don't say, something that they say, but you don't say. But always remember they are different. It's okay to accept different because Jesus Christ died for all the differences people. And then third, be generous because people will know that if you truly love them or you fake it. And then, so when I first came under all the depression that I had, and she cried with me when I cried for my month's past, when I cried for all the things going on in America. She knows me. And all the people, Linda, Jenna, and Andrew, Rachel, they all know me. Not just knowing what I love to do, but knowing the deep depression of my heart, knowing the tragedy that I have in my family, knowing who I am really am. And then so they love me without, without any like without any like projective, without any condition. They just generally love me. And then they brought me to a place about these people are different than the people that I used to know. And I wanted to be with them. I wanted to hang out with them. I want to come, come to the church. I want to come to the Bible study with them just because who they are. And then the fourth, be helpful. Always care for them and love on them because so many people that first came to America, they don't even know how to do things. The two things are so different. Like we don't know how to get the driver license. We don't know how to go get some changes and all the different things. And then so if you can always help them to be careful for be careful for their life and always invite them to your family to your house and for dinner, and that would be huge different. And also be patient because I didn't get saved when people shared the gospel to me the first time. It took me like half year coming to Bible study. Ask a bunch of questions that offend so many people. I also asked a lot of questions because I really wanted to know, is this the Bible is the truth? And I got to ask questions and people have patience on me. They patiently answering my question and then they explain to me multiple times and then from different attach and different angle, different story. And it was super helpful for me to come to the place of not knowing English to open the KJV Bible and to understand what God is saying to me in my life, that takes time. And then to be open to the Holy Spirit, because sometimes God will open the door and then you need to be patient about, you know, not to cover it. When there is a question people ask you about your life, about why you go to church, why you celebrate Christmas, you need to be affirmed about who you are in Christ not covering up like, oh, I'm just growing up in my family. And but also, you know, when I was crying for my month past, the whole world tells me that it's not my fault. But Jesus Christ knows the guilt of my heart and he is able to forgive me. And forgiveness was what I need at that time. And because the people at church, they're able to tell me something different than the whole world. The whole world would tell you, Be yourself, live today, do the best you could. But these people at church, they are so upfront. They tell me the truth, the Bible. God forgive me as a sinner and he died for me. And this is nothing I ever heard about it before. And that's what I need. And then so as we are the little light of this world, we need to be shining in this darkness to be able to be upfront and tell people about who Jesus is and who he means to you in your life. Because when the international students come to America, they want to hear your story. They never read the Bible. They don't know the story about Jesus. But when they know you, they know what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. And that is a powerful testimony for them to hear that Christ is real. And then the seven be affirmed. So when it's a similar to be open, like, you know, just be real. Don't be afraid and to tell them what Christ has done to you. And then the eight have faith because you don't know sometimes you have so many so many rejection people are like oh we have we tried 180 international in in welcome party but only one gets saved but however we could never know what guy is doing in their life i have one chinese girl that came to america for a whole month and then she got saved this first week turns out guy was working in her family long before i know her long before she came to America. So we will never know like what guys bring these people to America, but we need to have faith to consistently sharing the gospel to them regardless the result because it's not our job to change their life, but it is our job to share the gospel. And then so alongside with that, I have some practical events like dinner at my house is one of my favorite events because in the big party, I may not get to talk to every single people and I may not able to talk something really deep, but when I have a dinner at my house in a smaller city, like five or seven people, I can get to ask them their question about who they truly are, not just about what they like, what they do, but also about how's the family relationship, how's your life? Why did you make a decision of coming to America? who are you in the past years. So I got to ask this question and I love to play games so that we can get to know each other and then to build a relationship together. And don't be afraid to invite them to the church you went. Some people, they to come to church, they, like Lee, he made curious about what church looks like and that he wanted to come. When I first came to church, I couldn't speak English at all, but the worship song was so, so into my heart that makes me cry every single time when I came to church even though I didn't know what the pastor was talking about I couldn't understand English at all but the songs was really touched my heart and opened my heart to knowing that something was real in this church and then to share and then to share your heart and your life with the people because you really take some time it may not just like one or two months sometimes like five or 10 years to make someone to Christ. But this is your life. You cannot fake it for like a moment. This is your life. People are gonna see it for five years and 10 years. And then 10, this is my 10 years actually in America to this church. And I'm grateful that I first came here just by myself. And then my brother came and then he got saved. And now he's married and I have another one. So we have three people in this church. It was just amazing how God is able to do all the things, you know, incredible. It just never know. But always have faith and always trust in God and always in prayer, always loving, always tell people who you are in Christ. And people will see that and people will know that. And you don't know what it means when when God changed their life. So when I got saved. Three years later, and then my brother came to America and then he got saved. And then we both went to China and then we shared a gospel to my aunt and then my aunt got saved. It didn't really just like one or two times conversation because through these years in America, my aunt knew all the decisions that I made. It didn't make sense to her. She would tell you, you don't need to tell the truth. No one could know what you're telling you is lie. But I told her, no, Jesus Christ saved me and he's my savior and I wanted to be true to him. And then so he knew, she knew the testimony of Jesus Christ in my life. And then she knew that how he changed my brother. And then she knows that God is real. So when we first time went back to China together, she heard the gospel and then she immediately got saved. And then and then every year we purposely go back to China to share the gospel to my family. It's amazing because you didn't know at that time until now, guys, working in your life. So,
0: thank you, Simon. All right, if you have your Bible, let's uh, turn to right, chapter one. We'll try to see what we can do with about 25 minutes. We'll probably not be able to get that, but- so to so, so okay, let's 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 pray again and ask God to bless our time, Father, uh, Lord. We want to acknowledge you and how good you you are and how good you have been and how good you will be, uh, just forevermore. Uh, Lord, would you use this time for your glory? Would your Holy Spirit convict us and teach us? and inspires. Um, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to continue uh, kind of where we left off, verse verse 11. I'm going to read verse 11 and kind of recap briefly uh, where Nehemiah now have, uh, is, is asking God, right? He counted the cost. He's asking God that he wants to meet with the king. We already know that meeting with the king may have severe repercussion and because if the king doesn't want to hear you and you brought up something that you shouldn't have brought up you can get killed and so verse 11 says oh lord i beseech thee let now thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper i pray thee thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for i was the king's bearer, and we saw how uh, Nehemiah not only prayed, uh, had a closet prayer ministry, but then it multiplied into the plurality of prayer, and so we saw corporate worship, because we see in verse 11, prayer of thy servants, right, and so he, his prayer life was contagious to other people, and so that is key, you heard that Again, multiple times from Connor and different people, that prayer is what fuels the ministry. And so we cannot forget that. Now, so what happened in, in chapter 2 now, right? Let's read uh, chapter 2. Uh, and, and it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it unto the king now I had been before time set in his presence. And so uh, you know that Nisan is the, the month ar- around March and April. Uh, we saw in verse one uh, that the um, uh, month of Chizlu is November to December. So there is a about four months of time between verse 11 to chapter two, verse one, four months have passed. And uh, in that time, you know, there's a lot of closet pray- prayer. There's a lot of Uh, corporate prayer and then there's a lot of waiting on the lord and so you know just because we pray doesn't mean that it's it's then permission for us to go out and do stuff already prayed let's go let's go let's go do something no nehemiah waited on the lord waited on the lord so key point number six here is do not force a situation on ministry to happen but wait on the lord right? Because God may want to do something in you before he wants to do something to other people. And God may want to have situations to kind of pan together before that thing happened. We already heard from pastor Sam, right? Uh, His, the executive pastor say, no, we're not going to start a new ministry. Oops. Like really disappointed. So my, my, my story was when I was starting, uh, we had actually a, 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 a legacy ministry that we shared with another church at that time. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it was, uh, it was not working out. Uh, things are very slow because there's a duality of, of authority. And so uh, things uh, never get decided quickly enough. Things never get done. And so it just doesn't work. And then, you know, and, and being, uh, you know, fairly new, I just came back from London. Uh, you know, I don't want to be that person who's like, well, let me tell you what to do. Right. And so, man, I just, just waited on the Lord, gave some input here and there, but prayed and, and 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 wait on the lord and and god came through right and and i made those suggestions and pastor sam's like hey we gotta we gotta meet with this other pastor from that other church and we met up and we decided well, it's best uh for 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 us to kind of part ways in in a very nice way and then we did that and and then suddenly i had full access to build a ministry right instead of just barging in and telling people what to do creating a mess creating division creating problems with the other church that God avoided. Does that make sense? So so sometimes God has to time it out for us. God may want to do something in our life uh, before uh, we get to do uh, that ministry. And Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Let's continue in verse 2 to 4. Wherefore the king... Said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid, and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchre, life waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make requests? So I prayed to the God of Heaven. Okay, this is this is very interesting, right? Uh, we already heard some of it from from uh, Pastor Sam earlier, uh, but <clears throat> uh, but you are not supposed uh, to have a sad countenance before the King. Okay, and so what we can deduct from that is God has worked out and gave that burden. Remember, we talked about uh, having a burden is, is is the number one response that we have to have with God, right? is that, man, it has worked out so much in his heart that he couldn't even keep a straight face in front of the king. Do you see that? So in other words, he didn't even make that initiative. It was the king that saw, like, wow, what is wrong with you? Like, you, you know? And so being a professional, and he was a professional cupbearer, he wasn't supposed to do that, but he couldn't contain that burden was so strong that he couldn't contain it, and his countenance showed Man, wouldn't it be good, like, the, the way that God worked in our heart, right? That our burden, our prayer life uh, is such that, man, it changes what we think, right? And what we talk about. You can't stop talking about something. And so, this is what happened to Nehemiah. He was burdened. Uh, but yet, what was so interesting was that when, when the king asked what's, what's going on and, you know, what does thou make requests, is that, is that Nehemiah prayed to the God of heaven. Isn't that interesting? Just right there and then, right? Right there and then he just stopped and prayed to God. And so key point number seven, make plans, make plans, but maintaining a communication with God is key to make the wisest decisions in all areas of starting a ministry or a ministry period, right? Because, you know, in ministry, as you know, if you've done any ministry, there are so many moving parts and deadlines and decision-making, right? I mean, uh, Pastor Tony just had to decide, I mean, oh, carpets and this and that. I, I can guarantee you, I mean, it consumed it. I mean, there's so many things. And what do you do, right? In, in ministry, like, oh, what do I do? What, in this situation, in that situation, everyone have different needs. What do you do? Man, we got to stop and pray. We got to stop and pray because maintaining that communication with God right, is key to make the wisest decision because, I mean, every ministry leader will tell you, man, many times we just don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the best decision is. And then there's so many input. God, I need to know, right? And by the way, that that didn't neglect uh, Nehemiah from planning. If you read from the text, uh, from uh, verse five to eight, he already made plans. He already made plans because when the king asked, hey, give me a timeline, give me a deadline, he already have it. Right? So it doesn't neglect us from saying planning, right? Don't plan, just ask God and no, make your plans and he will devise your way. He will devise, so we have to acknowledge God, especially in big decisions. I was wondering whether, you know, because Nehemiah has been thinking all these plans, it's like, he's like, oh no, how much should I ask for, right? How much should I, should, I, should I ask for the whole thing, right? Or ask just a little bit because I don't want to offend the king, right? But man, he was bold, wasn't he? He was bold to ask for everything. He was bold to ask for anything. So we got to do that too. We got to ask for everything, right, that we need for the ministry. God will give you the desires of your heart if it's in line with Him, it's in, in line with His will. Okay, so let, let's check this out. Verse five, uh, verse, verse five to eight. Uh, and I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou would send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchre, that I may build it permission to go. Permission to go build. And then verse six, and the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, for how long shall thy journey be? And when will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Again, already done his homework, already done his planning, was able to give an answer, and it pleased the king to send him to go build. Verse seven, moreover, I said unto the king, if it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. So again, covered already, you know, permission to go through uh, places because it is probably dangerous to travel. And this is far away. Uh, It is like from Kansas City to LA, about 1700 miles if you do the calculation. And then a letter unto Asaph, verse eight, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And and the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Okay? So again, uh, so this is supposed to be today. Key point number one, right? Key point number one, ask God for a ministry approach, a team, favor, favor, and then a general plan, right? Ask everything that you need, God, how do I do what and this and everything, right? Nehemiah knew what his the needs are and he asked everything for it. And so when I when I start seeing people coming alongside with me, I'm like, God, oh my goodness, how do I lead these people? I don't know how to lead these people. What, what should I do? This is a new ministry at church. It's with Kaya and whatnot, and we're still small. God, what do I do? And, and I asked God for you know give me give me a passage from the bible to lead us and he gave me one uh, that's you know acts 241 to uh, 47 that was the passage that god gave me and, and any uh, person in fy i've heard that maybe a thousand times right because i beat that drum so often acts 241 and 47 uh, check it out it's it's a beautiful passage about unity in that that new uh, new uh, church that was built Right, that was established after the Pentecost. And uh, man, they 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 um, let, let, let's let, let's go there real quick. I just want to point out something, uh, Acts 241. Okay, so uh, verse verse 41 then then they that gladly received his word were baptized unto the same day that were added unto them about 3,000 souls. By the way, all from different areas. They don't really know each other, right? Uh, and, 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 and look at what, what they did, okay? They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So I knew that the word of God needs to be preeminent. And then fellowship, we have to have uh, intimacy with one another. And then in breaking of bread. And so if you haven't noticed, food is magic. And food is something that we see biblically. And so, man, we want to break bread as often as possible. Even in our ministry approach, it's dinner at my house. And you heard this, and in prayer, right? And so those were the focus thing, as simple as it sounds. For us then, it was revolutionary. Because we knew that was the focus that we needed. And people got that heart to see, wow, right? And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, uh, breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be safe. And what we have seen in that ministry is people giving sacrificially to each other. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Simon has a story with that as well. And other people have stories with that as well, where people were giving sacrificially. And because you receive that sacrificial giving now, man, you're like, man, I've been given much. And I want to meet the other people's need, And that's what we see is this multiplication of people meeting each other's need, And God says, man, I am pleased with that. I'm pleased with that. And, and then what, what God did was added unto us daily such as should be saved. So, so ask God for a vision, right? For the ministry that you are establishing. What is the vision? Give me a passage, Lord, that I can go and know that, man, I can anchor myself to these key things. Acts 2, 41, 47 is a great passage, right? And then I ask for a team. God, continue to give us laborers. Lord, continue to give us uh, souls. Give us souls, right? We were still small and Kaya at the time was only like, uh, 10 people and, and so and no bible studies at that point and and then lo and behold you know uh, this is our pentecost you know at, at, at a tuesday night prayer uh, the wind came and you know the tongue starts no no uh, uh, but but seven uh korean students got saved isn't it amazing like just within a space of like a few days seven koreans got saved out of nowhere out of nowhere well it's not right because of the prayers of the saints and we couldn't believe it. It was just like one by one after one. And Dan and I were just super excited, right? Because, wow, this is, this is what we've been waiting for. We've been praying. Dan and I would go to the balcony and pray regularly, asking God and God's answering prayer. We cannot uh, explain it, right? We didn't do massive evangelism, right? But God brought the increase and, 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 and both of us got licensed that, that very week and, and we baptized them, seven of them. And then God added one more. Uh, uh, at that time as well, and so uh, ask for favor, God, give me favor with with the students, right, and then and then a plan, and so that's where the, uh, we, we did some homework, and we figured out, man, we got to do a good work at the student orientation, so we design banners, we design a logo, you know, again, no logo, nothing, it was used to be like paper cuts uh, uh, with just text, you know, people <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, man, that's, you know, come on, right, and so we did everything well, everything, t-shirts, and big banners, and pictures, and, you know, uh, 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 tablecloths, and, and man, everyone just flocked, okay, and so, so next slide, and, and so, so, so from our first uh, welcome party, right, Uh, to, I think, I don't know, second or third, man, it just kind of blew up, right, Uh, we asked God, God, give us favor, and uh, boom, you know, we got more than we could, we could catch, right? Uh, let, let the nets down and like, oh my goodness, we got more than we could catch. And so uh, praise the Lord, ask God, right, for what you need in the ministry. He is generous. He is generous. Uh, so let's keep going verse, verse 9 to verse 10. And now we are introduced to the antagonist uh, in the story of Neh- Nehemiah. So uh, verse 9 to, to 10, then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letter. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly um, that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. And so uh, if you do a study on Sanballat, the name means enemy in secret. Enemy in secret. Ooh, right? Do you know? Do, that you have enemies in secret, right? Man, that just don't want you to have what God has for you and your life and your purpose and whatnot. And it's there. And they are grief, not just grief, but exceedingly grief that there was a come a man to seek the welfare. And you got to know you're you're on target, you know, it, it, you know, you know what happens is when you start making progress, when, when you start getting on your knees, when you start getting people to pray, that's when the, the devil is like, oh, right. But if you don't do any of that, oh man, move along. I don't care about you, right? But when you see that progress, like, man, he's making progress. He's coming there. That's when, that's when the enemy pay attention. So key point number two, expect the enemy in secret to incrementally increase its volume as you get traction in the ministry, right? It, expect it, expect it that enemy in the secret will, will come and man, it, they are, it is grief, right? But just know this, Satan is like a lion without teeth. Satan is like a lion without teeth. He can't even bite without God providentially allowing it. Do you know that? Read the book of Job, right? God will allow suffering, but up, uh, up to what you can bear, right? Not beyond what you can bear right? And His grace is sufficient. So, when, when the noise gets to you, what do you do? Don't let that discourage you, right? Don't give up because the only way that, that you, you can lose, you know, is, is to quit, right? And so, don't give up, God forbid, because the souls are at stake. And so, w- w- what do we do? Man, we, we have to come back to God in prayer. And that is the pattern that you see in Nehemiah. When 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 things get difficult, Nehemiah would pray to God. He would pray to God. Uh, we we have had some situations on campus where we were trying to start uh, the campus ministry, and 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 lo and behold, we don't even know these people. Uh, SGA Student Government Association. When we we when we were uh, trying to charter our uh, FOI charter at UMKC. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, Corner uh, was then president of UMKC uh, uh, chapter, FOI chapter, and went to the board meeting. And there were people that we don't even know were already voicing, oh man, uh, your religious organization and blah, blah, blah. And this, we don't need one more on campus, uh, something like that. And it was, you know, a bit heated, right? Uh, and, and one, you know, God was, was so good. God gave us favor to through this Indian gal, and the Indian gal, uh, who is the president of SGA, kind of you know, uh, stood up for us and said, oh no, these are great, good people. And they help people and they help me and da 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 da, da. And it kind of drowned out uh, the, the, the voice, but also the time. So they ran out of time and they have to take a vote. And boom, we got in. is that crazy? I mean, and, and, and so, right, expect the, the enemy to, to, to attack us. But man, God, uh, through prayer, man, uh, he will give us favor. He will give us favor. Okay, verse 11 to 16. Uh, So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I rose in the night, and some few men with me, neither told I any man with what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well. And to the dung's uh, port and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down. And the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on the the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then when I went up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned, and the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did, neither had I uh, as yet told it to the Jews, uh, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest, that did the work, okay? So amazing, right? So imagine going through a journey of 1,700 miles, okay? If it's 30 miles a day on a horse or whatever, would that be difficult? Uh, whenever I travel back to Asia, you know, I generally want to stay a month because, man, the travel is hard. And that's, that's and on a plane for 20 hours. This is like 60 days on the horse and camping, <laughs> okay? And uh, 60 days, and he's, he, he went there and stayed for three days. And, and again, If you study your Bible, you know three is a significant number. And three, right, is where Christ, you know, in three days, Christ rose again. Uh, So so three days that Ezra spent in Jerusalem as well. And God wanted him to know what's really going on, okay? God wanted him to know what's really going on in Jerusalem. He didn't want people to give him a, a lot of voices and opinions. God wanted him to see, right? So key point number three is leaders must see firsthand the root issues of people's struggle before they weigh in, right? Leaders must see firsthand the root issues of people's struggle uh, before they weigh in, right? Sometimes, man, we, 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 we you know, Proverbs 29, says, a fool uttereth all his mind, right? But a wise man keepeth it till afterward. Sometimes you may know something, but man, just, just wait a bit, kind of listen in a bit. And, and, and see, right? This, this would apply both for the lost and also to your leaders because in building a ministry, what you're really doing is building leaders as well because the leader the, the ministry cannot grow without good leadership and you will see that all throughout Nehemiah. You ask a pastor, you will know that is key to growth is, is making disciples, right? And so you are ministering to the lost, but you're also ministering to your own people and you need to know the struggles of everyone just like Simon said, they know me. They know my story, right? When Simon, uh, one night, late at night, called me, and she just confessed every sin in her life to me. Remember that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have you done, right? But man, praise the Lord. And then she asked me some difficult questions. You know, you guys know this story, you know. Can I share it? <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, no, so it, it you know, long story short, she, she made some, some, some bad decisions with her school, right? Uh, and and, and uh, she, she counterfeit the transcript. And uh, she was just so in agony, right? And she was in agony. Uh, and, and, and she didn't, want to, didn't know what to do because she was about to graduate and she didn't want to do it like that. So instead of just graduating and be done with it and like, hey, God's grace is sufficient. But she can't let that go. Right, because, man, this is, I know better now. Right, I can, you know what I'm saying? For, for most people, like, oh, you know, God, God, God understands, you know. It's okay, you know, don't, don't mess things up right now. Does that make sense? Because the, 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 the cost was her future. The cost was her degree. The cost was all the money that was spent. You, you understand? That's, that's the future. So you, you're going back to your home country with no degree, no job prospect, and shame. was risking all of that right and then she was willing to just share it right share it confess it and long story short man god through his magical and powerful hands right just and the school say you can graduate just do this and she graduated yeah amazing right right but but what is so cool was that she was able to get that out and you know, as a leader, I was able to be there with her and find out, oh, man, what is going on and so forth. And so I have, to, I have to spend time with my leaders to know what's going on with their life because if they have iniquity in their heart, how are they <clears throat> going to reach others? Right? And unfortunately, sometimes that's what happens is there's a lot of Achan's, uh in the ministry. You know what I'm talking about by Achan's? When I say Achan, like, like someone who did some sin that's unconfessed. And so you're like, you're like, man, you're like just doing all you can to do ministry and it's just not working out. What the, you know, what's going on? Well, well, we, we got to see it. The leader took time. God says, hey, hey, pay attention. I'm going to show you dragon well, dragon well. Dragon, dragon, dragon. Why is there a dragon there? If you do a, a dragon 18 times in the Bible, that's six, six, six. Only mentioned in Nehemiah. Why is it doing there? People were going to the dragon well, and then there's rubbish area, rubbish by the fountain, by the, the, uh, the, by, the, uh, uh, by the gate of the fountain, right? And then you, you look at these pictures, no time to do that, unfortunately, right? You see that that was access to the Holy Spirit, right? And it was all closed. It was rubbish and rubbish, and Nehemiah had to go firsthand to see what's going on. Okay, okay. God wanted him to see. Okay, okay. Uh, having, having time with their leaders. Okay, okay, gotcha. And then he was able to give that charge to them, right? Hey, boom, I understand. And, the lead, and it was so cool. After 92 years in, in captivity and then in, you know, in the Edict of Tolerance back to Jerusalem, in 92 years, finally saying, Yes, we will do something about it. Isn't it amazing? Because a leader took time with God in prayer and everything and sought, okay, what's really going on here with the ministry? Ah, I need to make these changes. Ah, this is what's happening. Boom, he did that. And chapter three is this beautiful, beautiful gates. And if you study those gates, it goes from uh, the sheep gate, right? Which is, is salvation by grace through faith. Also salvation, how you can uh, uh, reach people is only salvation by grace. So only by grace that people can get saved to fish. Fish gate means you got to go f- fishing, Often, and if you read all those uh, words around it, oh man, clues everywhere on how to do fishing, all the way to Mithgard Gate, which is, a, which is a gate for examination, which is the judgment seat of Christ. So unfortunately, we ran out of time. Uh, so so uh, uh, man, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I pray that this has blessed you. We'll pray. And then uh, again, please feel free. Uh, to ask questions, uh, anything practical or whatnot, your situation, uh, man, uh, or any of the international students that you see around here, we would be more than happy uh, to answer your questions. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we, we thank you so much, uh, Lord, for uh, your scripture, uh, Lord, for your word. You, the answers uh, that we need uh, is in your word. The power that we need is available if we simply would ask. Uh, if we simply would depend on you. And so God, would you give favor uh, to everyone uh, in this room uh, in terms of starting a ministries, uh, reaching out to the internationals? Would you give them favor? Would you cause them uh, to trust you uh, with big things because you are big God? And, and God, help them to not be overwhelmed with all the rubbish and stuff you know, that are in, in our life. We all have it. Uh, but Lord, Help us to diagnose it, and uh, Lord, to free ourselves and say, Lord, I will build, I will build the house of God. Uh, Lord, we love you. Uh, thank you for giving us so much. Much is re- uh, much is given, and much is required. Um, we thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so uh, don't forget tomorrow. Uh, Miles Cheetos is going to be uh, preaching from John chapter four. This is one that you don't want to miss uh, because this is the judo, uh, judo. Uh, uh evangelism okay how to turn a physical conversation into a spiritual conversation that's that's how i learned it uh was from from the master jesus john chapter four you don't want to miss it uh, same time tomorrow all right love you guys we hope this message was a blessing to you if you're interested in learning more about the living faith fellowship visit lffellowship.com god bless